PCA Conversations with Black Voices. This is Between the Pew. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. AAM exists to provide ways to support, mentor, and mobilize African Americans within the PCA. The, the hardest part, um, I, I do, I do want to say that part of my answer today and currently um, is, is shaped from the understanding of where I am now versus uh, where I was um, between 2016 um, and 2019. And that's not just um, like where I was like mentally, um, but more so like physically, like where I was. Like the church that I was at before being at Northside um, was, uh, was a very overwhelmingly white church, a large church, about 2,000 people, um, wealthy church. So wealth comes with its own its own culture um and uh yes it does yeah and uh fairly very conservative um politically conservative um the type of church that uh i would never want to pastor uh the type of church where i would never want to be uh a member of i wasn't a pastor um but i wanted to do an internship at this church um, specifically because this church in particular is the type of church that I know a lot of other churches in the denomination would love to be like, would love to model themselves after. I know a lot of my white brothers in this denomination would love to pastor at this church, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to land at a place like this church, but um, it's important for me to be in this space just to know when I'm in a presbytery one day, the type of people I'm gonna be working with, right? And the type of churches they'll be pastoring. Um, so I accepted that job, um, summer 2016. And I went into that job um, thinking that was gonna be my role to help these wealthy white conservative people made in the image of God mm-hmm. to, help, to, to help them get through the Hillary presidency. Mm, <laughs> if I would have known, <laughs> if Help I would have known that that Donald Trump was going to become president, I would not have said yes to that internship. Um, but God knew. Mm. But God mm. knew. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all, Amen. all Amen. that to all that to say, those three years were incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, experienced some anxiety there that I never experienced before. Um, so where I am now um, just feels like a breath of fresh air. It actually feels like mm-hmm. freedom compared to where I was then. So there's a sense in which mm-hmm. I'm in a season of deep 
gratitude, deep mm -hmm. joy, even in the midst of national sorrow and national heartache, I just feel like I'm in a space mm -hmm. where I can bring my sorrow. I can bring my heartache. I can bring it to the front of the church in a pastoral prayer. I just feel like I'm in a space now where I just, yeah, with this deep sorrows a deep joy. Um, and I'm, I'm super thankful for that. So that's gonna shape my answer. A little bit right now I think the hardest part is recognizing as much as I feel like I have this gift being at the church that I'm at that there are so many in our denomination that don't have that gift um Northside has its problems um but I do feel like it's a privilege to be here and a privilege that so many, um, as Wild Plumber likes to call them, the onesies, Susies, yep. um, don't have. Like, yeah. I think I think of uh, Jamar's Leave Loud story um, mm -hmm. and just thinking how his story is so normative. Um, and honestly, it's, it's normative. It's been normative for decades, but it's still normative. Yeah. As, it's still normative presently too, right? Um, and there are so many people right now who are in churches who's like, nah, it's time for me to leave loud. Like it's time for me to leave loud. Mm -hmm. And like there's a part of me mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm thankful that like you are able to be empowered to leave loud and not feel any guilt, not feel, yeah. any, mm -hmm. not feel any obligation to stay, that you can leave loud. I'm so thankful for that. At the same time, um, I think the hardest part for me is recognizing that like there are people in our spaces that are still going through the anxiety um, that I experienced for those three years at that church yeah. up in Northern Virginia. It's mm. just like, that's what's hard for me, my heart going out to the, those people. That being said, it also makes me so super thankful for uh, AAM and the work that you guys mm, are doing. Yeah. Even as people are at uh, mm. these churches um, in which they are maybe for lack of a better word, confused. Do I stay? Do I go? God, what are you calling me to? What's my role here? Um, that they can look to a place like AAM. Um, mm -hmm. And just as Lance mm -hmm. was a bomb to your soul in Fayetteville as a Trekkie, <laughs> that they can look to AAM and AAM mm -hmm. can be a bomb for their soul. Um, mm -hmm. So they can say, no, like we're in this together. We're in this together. So, yeah. but yeah, I think that's the hardest part mm -hmm. for me, just like knowing the anxiety I was experiencing then and knowing that there are so many people who are mm -hmm. so feeling that anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that so many mm -hmm. are um, white brothers and sisters just don't don't seem to care. Um, mm -hmm. And when they do care, it's like they care on some national headline, but they don't care when it, like enough to like shift, fundamentally shift their lives to change. Mm -hmm. um, Come on, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, brother, to mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's, that's really, really sadly, good. Sadly, that's good, but it's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, You know, Charles, I, I'm just so encouraged by your current space that you that you get to serve God in. And I just can't imagine how freeing it must feel to be able to not only have people that you can just talk to and be real with within your, your church, but to be able to go up to the front of the church and speak those same things. And I just that's just likely unheard of in a bunch of PCA spaces. So I think that's mm -hmm. so encouraging and so freeing. I have like Maybe a two-part question. We'll see how this this works. But I just have so many questions in my mind. 
but um, let, let's see this. So, and part of this question is because I wrestle with it internally. Would you stay in the PCA and answer how com- however comfortable you feel answering or, or not, but would you stay in the PCA if you weren't in your current context? And I'm, I'm answering that question to you or asking that question to you because it's one that I asked myself. Um, I, and the answer for me is, I don't know. Uh, yeah. We get to, we get yeah. to minister at a HBCU on mm-hmm. the campus of Howard university. And, you know, we're with our people and yeah. it's fun and mm-hmm. they get it. And the things we don't even talk about because everybody feels it and knows it already. Cause we all black, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I struggle with, would I continue to be in this space? I don't know. Would I continue uh, to be in this space if I wasn't able to minister in my current context? So uh, that's that's A. And then B, do you feel that the PCA is making progress uh, in bringing racial unity to the denomination? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I would say to the first question, would I stay in the denomination if I wasn't able to minister in my current context. Um, maybe. I, I can't say for sure. I, I will say that my being in the PCA, um, my, my pastoring in the PCA feels like a call of necessity in that that there's not really many other many other places for me to go um, as a black man who is theologically conservative, who believes in covenant theology, mm-hmm. um, and um, and believes in the Presbyterian form of government. Like those are th- three things that like I just hold strongly to. Um, so even as I alluded to earlier, like Christmas time go out to Sacramento, stay with my, stay with my family, um, look at other jobs potentially. Um, part of it, as I did that, I wouldn't do that with like necessarily excitement. I do it with sadness thinking like, man, I feel called to ministry, but like <laughs> the PCA is going to be a hard place for me to be in. So once Northside came around, um, I was like, okay, this is a church I can be in for my contract, which lasts until 2023, um, okay. summer 2023. After summer 2023, who's honestly, who's to say? Um, who, who's to say? If if I were to stay in the denomination, um, it would have to be out of church uh, like Northside or farther along than Northside, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it would have to be Northside. We'll see how those conversations goes. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it would have to be a context like Northside or a place farther along than Northside for me to stay. Um, I can say I can say that much. Um, having experienced um, the freedom um, to rebuke uh, white supremacy um, in the pastoral prayer. Like, I'm not going to go to no place where I can't do that yeah, um, yeah. On, a, on a regular basis. Like, not just like once in a while, like on a regular <laughs> right. basis. Like, now that I've experienced right. that. Routine. Nah, not- yeah, yeah, routine. There ain't no going back. <laughs> like, there ain't no going back. Not, so, like, not yeah. just on Black History Month. Exactly. 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 Um, so, yeah, if, if, if I weren't serving in this context, 
Probably, honestly, probably not. And that will make me, and I say that with great, I say that with great sadness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, said probably, yeah, I'd probably be a drifter, probably be, yeah. be a mm-hmm. wanderer in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, is there progress being made? Um, I'm gonna, whew, I think, I think Pastor Lance can answer this one better. Um, I will say that maybe yes and no. What what struck me, what what really struck me was that after uh, the murder of George Floyd, um, and what you guys have to understand is that most of the circles, Christian circles I've run in have been PCA. Like most Mm -hmm. of my Christian Mm -hmm. network is PCA. Mm -hmm. So when I get on Facebook and I see all these people, all my white friends like crying out, lamenting, most of them go to go to PCA churches or have come up in PCA churches, right? Um, and the, the common question um, was, was what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I just basically made a Facebook post. I was like, y'all, y'all's denomination made like a recommendation, a mm-hmm. thorough recommendation of what your church could do to pursue matters of racial reconciliation or racial justice. Like mm-hmm. what y'all can do is hold y'all elders accountable. Yeah. What you'll find is that even those, even though those recommendations were made, so many church sessions have done nothing with them. Nothing have done nothing. Nothing, mm-hmm. so nothing like, at all. If we're gonna talk about progress. A part of me wants to say no because you already had a, a committee do the work for you to come up with mm-hmm. these recommendations. All you got to do is put them into put them in action and y'all aren't even doing that. So in terms of progress, a part of me wants to say, no, like progress actually really isn't being made. Mm. Uh, But part of me does want to say yes. Um, And I think part of that's the privilege of being in my generation. But just like talking with other young black, not young black, but young white pastors who are like eager to learn. They're eager to get after it. Like that's part of what gives me the most hope um in this denomination i had the privilege of uh driving back up to dc to meet with a pastor a young white young white pastor up in uh, the maryland area we just got coffee and just listening to his heart and where he's coming from and hearing like his own story of awakening and like the issues the issues he's facing with people on his session right mm-hmm. <laughs> like like i was listening to some of his stories and i was like i was literally weeping for him because i didn't even feel like he could weep for himself i was like bro that's that's mm-hmm. trauma like what you experienced from mm-hmm. that elder that is trauma um but that's mm-hmm. that's trauma that you experience because you're standing up um yeah. against white supremacy and you're naming it right um uh, but he's like yeah. But he's like, nah, that's what I'm called to. Like, that's what I that's what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I when I meet dudes like that, when I meet pastors like that, who are like, oh no, like we're just not going to let our black brothers and sisters be the only one who take these blows. We're going to take these blows too. That mm-hmm. makes me think that progress is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are things I can point out that say yes. There are things I can point out that and, and say no. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks, man. That's yeah. honest. That's, that's honest. Good. I'd love to hear hear you, Brother Lance. What, how would you mm. respond to those questions? Um, first one, I would say absolutely not um, for a few reasons. Um, one, New City Sacramento, you know, we've been through a split um, and now God has us focused on our mission and by the grace of God, we're, we're going at it and, and we're getting at it. Um, we, we have 
we talk about these issues. There's no compunction in, in having them preached. Um, one, one quick example, I only have a couple quick examples. Um, our intern, he's not an intern, we don't like that term. Minister, young minister, because he was at West Oakland Church, he got he'd be Minister Anthony English. So he mm-hmm, preached mm-hmm. this past Sunday and he preached a message on hope. Um, and as part of the message, he talked about the groaning that we all have. Mm-hmm. And this was before uh, Duante Wright was murdered. Um, it's like we, we just didn't know that at the time, but he, he preached it. And as, as he preached it, he talked about groaning for the murder of George Floyd. And then how he groans because he's got three black sons. I mean, they're already really small now. I mean, they're, they're still elementary age, but they're still mm-hmm. black sons. And he knows the kind of world they're growing up in. Yeah. And so just be able um, to, to do that and for him to have the freedom to do that. And for, for me to say, yeah, yeah, but, you know, be as free as you can with all of these things, um, because it's not going to be any session pushback. Is not going to be any congregational pushback because I think we've mm-hmm. done our best to make it clear that we are going to pursue these things. We're going to pursue the whole mm-hmm. counsel of God, but we're going to pursue these things. Um, and if you're not up on them, that, that's okay. You know, there are other PCA churches in the Sacramento area. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so that's one. <laughs> I, I just don't know if I would be at a congregation where that could happen, where I could post the things I'm posting and there'd be no pushback. Um, I told you about New City Fellowship of Sacramento, I mean, uh, Fredericksburg, um, way before you know, the electronic media revolution, you still wrote letters to the editor. And I wrote a series of letters to the editor in the mid nineties, just talking about issues of race, um, certainly disagreeing with the predominant conservative thinking. And at one point, um, they, they basically had a tribunal and I was sat down and someone looked me in the face and said, are you a liberal? And wow. yeah, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Like it, it doesn't matter if you hold to the fundamentals of the faith. You know, it doesn't matter if I hold mm-hmm. to the inerrancy of scripture, mm-hmm. the triune God, um, the deity of Christ, the substitutionary atonement, the virgin birth the actual miracles of Christ. Doesn't matter if I believe in the bodily resurrection and if I literally say something to that effect when I'm giving the message every Sunday. If I don't toe the line on the St. Thomas mm-hmm. Sowell Vodi Bakamite issue of race, I'm functionally excommunicated. So I ah, couldn't be in the place. I, I just could mm-hmm. not. There's also the matter, I will say, of my city. So um, we all know what happened in Minnesota. Um, I referenced earlier how our city had some serious race issues. One of the things that came out of that is that the city started a community advisory board to work with the police, um, to give the police inroads in the community to continue and consistently talk about how we are dealing with a number of community issues, but especially race. And I've been on that board for now about, man, it's coming up on three years. Hmm. Um, Just got an email today. Uh, from the chief of police um, who says, we need to talk about what happened in Minnesota. And, mm-hmm. and I reference that to say that it's rare that you get an opportunity to potentially shape how a city um, responds uh, to God's new society and Jesus Christ. And I don't know if that would happen at any other city 
where you're kind of invited in and, and given an opportunity to do it because our city is young, it is growing and it's grappling with these issues. Um, and also my presbytery, again, my presbytery for the most part, um, I love them, you know, Mm -hmm. They're a wonderful presbytery. It's, 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 it's like we have a great mixture at New City of Sacramento. We have a number of different ethnicities and we're in it. You know, we're, we're talking about it, especially the anti-Asian racism because we have a few Asian folks in the congregation. And so we're talking about it. We're getting in it. Um, my, my presbytery, again, I think they're doing a wonderful, wonderful job. So again, those three reasons. Uh, the church is, again, we're a wonderful small fellowship. We're on point by the grace of God. We know we need the Lord and each other. The opportunity to impact the city is unique. Our presbytery is unique. Um, and again, just to give a quick, quick tidbit about that, at our last presbytery meeting in February, during the regular, um, one of the regular exams, I think it was either licensure or ordination, um, the chairman of the credentials commit committee, Benny, by the way, um, who worked with Charles at McLean, um, he, he asks the questions and you guys know how it happens. After he asks the questions, you can get questions from the floor. And because we're still doing Zoom, you know, you got, you got to sort of type them in. And I was going to type a question asking about PCA history and race. But a couple of the guys have decided we, we can't type it in. So a couple of the brothers said, ask questions regarding the PCA and race and asked the, 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 the licentiate or the, or the ordinate candidate, do you know about it? What do you know about it? Um, and that was just a really refreshing, surprising thing that it would come from the floor. And then following that, um, Robert Binion, who is the chairman of our committee said, yeah, the committee had already decided that moving forward, we are going to have a set of questions in licensure and mm. ordination dealing mm. with PC history, and how we begin to grapple with issues of race and justice. Wow. And yeah, so I, I think because of where Northern California Presbytery is with respect to wanting to pursue these things, I, I don't think I'd find a Presbytery as far as I know like that. So the answer to the first part of the question would have to be no. If I mm -hmm. was not here, um, if, if we went back east for whatever reason, um, I just would not be a part of the PCA yeah, mm -hmm. out there. As far as progress, I have to say, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I am thinking for individual brothers. And there are a lot of phenomenal individual uh, brothers and sisters who are pursuing this. I, I do. But I think as a denomination, um, I'm going to have to say no. And I think one of the things that's been really traumatic, hurtful, but um, something that we've learned is how um, we've responded to the, the anti-Asian um, racism. And mm -hmm. you, you're seeing some of the same things. And I know many of us may have had uh, folks in our Facebook feed, good um, friends of ours, um, Asian American friends of ours, and speaking of their traumatic church experiences. And what, what, what's interesting is usually when we start talking about racism with respect to African-Americans, they roll out the whole sociological, pathological issues that we have. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It ain't racism. Y'all just dysfunctional. Yeah. So back back in the, you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s of last century, we were cursed by God. Now we just dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. But they can't roll out those same sociological issues with the Asian American community. Yeah. And so yeah. when 
we see the same response, what we have to recognize is if we did everything that conservatives told us that we were supposed to do to be accepted, we still wouldn't be. Mm. And so I think that we have to be honest that we are in a denomination that is still in so many ways working with a theology with enslavement underpinnings that say that there is a dominant and subdominant and there's a status quo that we want to protect. And if you come against that, you will first be challenged, challenged, challenged. Um, and then we will probably decide that you're anti-gospel and mm-hmm. uh, essentially um, functionally excommunicate you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's real talk. That's real talk. Struggle is very real. And it's uh, it's especially disconcerting and, and disheartening to know that what you're experiencing in your presbytery is, is probably more the rule than the exception um, across the country with, with a lot of presbyteries um, where you get that very thing. Uh, so, whew, it's tough. So, you know, we've talked about the PCA and the multi-ethnic situation cross-cultural situation that both of you all have ministered in, been ministered to, um, and are currently leading or, or involved in leadership. One of the things that, that we talk about a lot, though, in light of a lot of what you just said, both of you, um, the resistance from Presbyterian leaders, um, the resistance from, you know, the movers and shakers who should know better because they are shaped by the gospel who aren't and won't. What do y'all think in 2021? You know, Lance, you came from the first African-American led middle class um, Mm -hmm. and middle class is important. I just want to tell folks, it isn't about it being a class. It's about the idea that it was not a mercy ministry church. Which back in the yes, in the night in the late 90s, that was the that was the model for a lot of the denominational church planting Mm -hmm. was was mercy ministry focused and white led. Right. And Mm -hmm. but the only way that you saw black folks um, being drawn to those churches was because they were poor and they were in 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 great need. And, Mm -hmm. And some of those churches are still around. Praise the Lord for the work they're doing you know, no shade there, but there was a, a new class of folks that came in um, and said, hey, listen, we're, we're missing out on a whole bunch of folks here who uh, are not ministry, mercy cases. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, redemption came along um, and it's, you know, uh, it's still there. What do you guys think about a, a Black church focus in the PCA. Is that a draw to you? Does that, does that intrigue you? Do you think we need that? Um, yeah. What's your response? What's your thoughts? Pops want to go first. <laughs> I'll defer. I'll defer. Okay. So I, <laughs> um, I, 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 well, let me say I am definitively for it all the way. 
Um, now, we, we qualify when we say Black church. It doesn't mean that if you're not Black, you can't be a part. It simply Correct. means that it is going to fully embrace um, mm -hmm. historic Black church culture. Yes. And mm -hmm. a view of how we live out our faith, which is just so different in so, so many different. ways, in mm -hmm. so, so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think now, if you had asked me this in 2012, um, right after President Obama had been reelected, I would say, well, I mean, maybe it's good, but you know, President Obama just got reelected. Maybe we should be more focused on going toward multi-ethnic. And again, our church is very much multi-ethnic. You know, we're about 50% black, maybe 35, 30% white, 20, 25% Asian and Hispanic. And, and I love it that way. And I want to grow it that way. But with that said, um, in 2016, as, as, as we all found out, as, as our, my son found out, Hillary was not elected. Yeah. And we are living in these times. Mm -hmm. And... I just believe that black folks are being like traumatized on multiple levels and layers. And the church has been that place where we can cry out to the Lord uh, with freedom without someone, again, as has been maybe my, my experience and others experience afterwards coming up to you at church and challenging your life narrative because it doesn't fit into their conservative politics. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think we, we could and should, and it definitely would not exclude people from other ethnicities to be a part mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. You mm -hmm. would just know here, this is how we approach the Lord with our reformed convictions. And, and I would say one more thing, and then I gotta stop because I don't want to talk too much for real. Um, Tim Keller did a paper um, a little bit more than 20 years ago and in that paper, he talked about um, the truth unity line that the PCA informally, as it started, informally adopted, that there was going to be enough flexibility that you could live out your reform convictions in various ways um, and in various churches so that two churches could exist in the same city, yet have a mm -hmm. very different flavor and very different feel. So Christ mm -hmm. Central in the Charlotte area would probably have a very different feel from many of the other PCA churches in that, um, in oh, that area. Oh, yeah. There you go. So different. Northside <laughs> of Richmond is going to have a very mm -hmm. different feel than many mm -hmm. of the other PCA churches mm -hmm. in Richmond, but that's okay. Yeah, They can coexist together. And so that's why you right. can throw a Black church, quote unquote, in that mix. Um, yeah. And also, I'm going to say this. I think if you had something like that, it would be so healing not only to Black people, yes. but to so many other people who are being yeah. traumatized in so many ways. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'd be all for it. That's so mm -hmm. real. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I would echo everything my dad said 100%. I think um, what I'm finding even in my own space that at a church that seeking to do the whole cross-cultural thing well um the way that we kind of define 
cross-cultural ministry is that all things considered, um, if we're at a moment in which we have to make a decision about anything, and there's a way in which we um, can prioritize um, blackness, then that's what mm. we're going. Then that's what we're going to do, right? Um, mm, like so whether that, that yeah. has to do with like that. liturgy or the music or the things that we reference, whatever it might be, even how mm -hmm. we formulate spiritual formation, if we can. Um, center, prioritize Blackness, we're going to do that every opportunity in which we can. Um, even that being the case, though, it's kind of like, um, kind of like Blackness has tie-breaking authority. Um, mm. It's like, when when we come to that moment, Blackness is going to win out. But that's Ooh, very, that's very, that. it's mm. great. It's, gr it's great for a cross-cultural church, but even, even that's, that's that, that that's that Kamala Harris effect. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But but even that is very different from building a structure from the ground up that's for yeah. Black people. Like yeah, as, great yeah, yeah. As, the, as great as that is, Absolutely. that's very different from building something from the ground up that's for mm -hmm. Black people. So even in these cross cultural mm -hmm. spaces, even though. Even if you're at a cross-cultural spot that's doing this thing um, very well, um, in which you might not experience the same level of trauma as you might at a predominantly white church that's not trying at all, there's still gonna be the sense of the white gaze. There's still gonna be the sense of feeling like you need to help educate and help bring people along, um, where it's like you're 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 there's this added this added responsibility that you have um, to the white people mm. in the room, which in the context of a cross-cultural church might be a beautiful thing, but I think there's also value in having a space, a church space where you don't mm -hmm. have that, don't mm -hmm. feel yes. that pressure to have to educate, don't have yep. to have yes, that Lord. pressure to bring people along and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so, that, so to that point, yes, I think having black PCA churches would be super dope. Um, I think, yeah, my my only concern, I'd love to see it. My only concern is that now there are, and I love them, God bless them, but there are so many um, white people in the PCA um, who are craving something different than what they've traditionally gotten. Mm -hmm. And I can, and I can, okay. I can imagine a scenario where you get this black PCA church planet and we're all excited. And then a whole bunch of white people show up. <laughs> they want to see it. It's like, oh, let us be the minority. Let us be the minority. <laughs> and then it's only a matter of time. So yep. the minority. Mm. So that would be an interesting dynamic to see. As long as the PCA is still majority white, I could definitely foresee that happening. Um, but yeah, I, I love the idea, mm -hmm, I love mm -hmm, the idea mm -hmm. of black mm -hmm. PCA churches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> well good point yes it is and we it's you know we're happen. we're seeing that we have seen that i think the only place we didn't see it was redemption we had one yeah 
one white couple. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be interesting. I think that is the, the fear. But I also think that's part of how we can help our, our white counterparts understand what, similar in the vein of, of what is happening at Northside with that pastor stepping down. Yeah. You know, some of our white allies have to understand that their best work mm-hmm. will be done in their white church context. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. That's right. Because they're not listening to us. They just mm-hmm. aren't. I mean, the moment we walk in the door, their guard is up. And then the moment that we speak, they have completely written us off or excommunicated us, like Lance said. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but I think it would absolutely be hard, especially, you know, these younger generations coming up. So that's, that would be, that would be interesting, <laughs> an interesting dynamic for sure to see. Um, man, you know, I love the Lewis family. Love you guys, y'all are, y'all have, some of the best places in our hearts and, and minds and memories, Sarah, mm-hmm. um, coming up through um, youth group and then just watching her blossom and grow and do her mm-hmm. educational work overseas and just listening to her brilliance, mm-hmm. um, yeah. man, yeah. my goodness, and, and beauty mm-hmm. and, and poise and the way that she just you know, has seen all of what you guys have gone through mm. and, and has synthesized that into a totally different direction. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. That I value love and respect and that we need, you know? Yeah. Um, and then my friend, Sharon, who golly, I'm not going to talk too much about Sharon cause I might start crying, but mm. um, that's just, we've been through some thanks. Oh, together yes. My <laughs> Lord. Woo! we have been through some things and Sharon has just you know been that constant friend you know we don't talk to you guys a lot but man when we do it's like you know it, it, it's it's got that old school feeling you know mm-hmm. um, so we're just excited thank you guys for talking thank with you. us today thank you. thank you appreciate and val- I'm really deeply glad for y'all's honesty and uh, vulnerability about what it's been like um, Mm -hmm. for you as PCA ministers and pastors and being here so long. So um, that voice is needed. um, And, and thank you for, for offering it to us. So we appreciate Mm y'all. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. We love you. We appreciate you. What AAM is doing. It is necessary. Um, I've been in the denomination, Kelly. We've been here a long, long, long time. We know that there will come up, those folks will say, you know, there are concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this airs, you're going to get the, there are concerns. Um, <laughs> we already know. know. We already know. <laughs> and, and I think what we want to do is say, well, let's be biblical about the concerns mm, of what was said. So anyone has any questions about um, I, I got to put myself on the spot with what I said. Um, you don't mm-hmm. have to go and ask Kelly or, or, or Howard or Janelle. Lance.Lewis at newcitysat.org. 
Church there website is. is New City Sabbath. <laughs> I love it. Dot org. Uh, so seriously, because that, that's what happens. But I, go straight I think to the concerns source. With with what he said. Oh, yeah. Well, he got a name oh, yeah. and an email address. Mm. That's right. Write him. Be biblical. <laughs> Be yeah. biblical. Be biblical. Amen. Yeah. We like to throw that Matthew. Uh, mm. What is that? Uh, mm-hmm. It's in uh, there, like Ray Goo. It's in there. That uh-huh. Matthew eighteen. Uh-huh. Love to throw it out, but we that Matthew eighteen. Yeah, we like to say, it, but we don't be wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, good. So y'all uh, got the email address. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. And I'll be honest with you. I remember very distinctly being in middle school and high school, and there would there there would hardly be a Sunday. That would go by in which my dad would say something and then he'd follow it up with, if you want to talk to me about it. I love it. Lance Lewis at CLF. Yes. And yes. I always felt like, yo, why is he doing that? Like, ain't nobody looking for you. Ain't nobody looking for you. And now that I'm now that I'm here and I'm ordained, it's like, oh no, yeah, they're looking for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> they are, they was, they are right. looking for you. So that's right. Don't, that's don't right. Go, don't go behind our back. Make it plain. That's here. right. Make Here's the <laughs> email address. So look, let your yes be your yes and your yes. amen be your mm-hmm. amen. That's right. Get at me. Well, that's good because if they do come, I'm forwarding them straight. Right, to you. right there. Please on. Please on. Amen. I appreciate that. That's good stuff. Um, and that is what AAM seeks to do is to be a place for diverse voices, black voices to be heard, um, understanding we all have a, a, a spectrum and mm-hmm. a journey that True. we've been on. You know, it depends. It may be who's in office or who's running for office. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it may be, you know, all sorts of things, things that are happening on the national scene. And uh, God has put us through this journey, but we are trusting mm-hmm. him um, for every little part of it, all of it, um, even the worst of it. So um, we needed to hear y'all's voices today. Thank you again Thank on you. behalf Thank of you. myself. Thank you, Janelle. Yes. Thank you, Sister Janelle. Yes. yes. Happy to be here. This was good. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you guys for joining us today. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. To follow AAM, be sure to visit our website at aampca.org and to follow us on social media at, um, at AAMPCA. And we will see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace.